Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis. All right. Um, so before I hop into this, I just want to uh, celebrate with you that this month actually uh, recognizes that we are uh, two years into our Saturday night service. So that's a cool celebration that two years ago, we started our Saturday night service. And to celebrate that, this weekend, we're not going to have Saturday night service. <laughs> Because uh, we're all going to go to Trunk or Treat and uh, serve and be out in the community. And so if you've ever been to Saturday service or this weekend, you're thinking it would be convenient. It's not. We're going to be in the community. So come with us. But uh, that doesn't mean uh, that we don't want you to still be a part of this community. So there's an extra special gift we all get this next weekend, unless you're a parent, side note. And that is this next weekend is fall back. So yeah, you get an hour, an extra hour. So this service in your mind is going to be like at one o'clock rather than noon, which is fantastic, unless you have kids and you don't really get to fall back, so it's a whole other mess. So some of you guys are dreading it. Some of us are like, I can't wait for Sunday. So come be a part of that. Be at the church. It's going to be awesome. So once upon a time, you may have known this or not, um, but you had in here a chair with your name on it. Your name was on one of these chairs, whether you knew it or not. And some of you, uh, when you started going to church, maybe you were young and maybe you stopped going to church. Maybe you got to church your whole life and you know where your your name is on your chair. And um, there's some of you that um, you you had kids and you decided maybe I'll start coming back with this thing. Or some of us, you just got invited a lot by a friend that kept telling you, hey, you need to come to my church. Hey, come check out this church. And And so maybe it took a dozen times, and after that, you finally relented and decided to come check out this church called Northgate. And uh, you remember the first time you you made your way here, you drove up, and as you're driving up, you're like, oh my gosh, this place is already ridiculous. They got a crooked cross. They can't even afford to put it up straight. What kind of place is this? And and then you made your way up the driveway, and you're like, oh, it's a mega church. Like, it's just, there's so many people, there's so many cars, and you know, uh, for some of you that's really new, there's this construction going on, and you're like, I knew it. Why am I here? And so you decided, I'm still going to, you know, I'm here. I'm going to make my way in. And so you made your way in, and there was all kinds of people, and they were trying to say hi to you and touch you, and you were not a toucher. And you were like, don't touch me. I just want to come in and check out church. But at the same time, you looked around, and you said, man, everyone's like happy, and and they're like acting like it's family. And you're like, this is really weird. Like, it's church. Why are you happy? And uh, this is a, a different type of experience. And then you made your way in, and uh, you could tell there was like assigned seats, but not really assigned seats. You could just tell the way people were like looking over, like, don't touch my seat. But you found your seat, and that was a different experience. And you sat down, and you're like, oh, okay, this looks kind of cool. And the lights went down, and the music came up. There was a countdown, and then a guy came out wearing white shoes, and it sang, and and you're like, it's pretty good. I mean, it sounds like the radio, like what I listen to, the standard for music. And man, all these guys up here, they just volunteer and play, and they're rocking it out. And you're like, wow, this is great. And you looked over, and there was a guy, and he had a question. You're like, wow, that guy's got a question. And then you looked over, and then you got a solid girl, and she had two questions. And you're like, hey, always, what's happening? Like, all these people have questions in the middle of them singing. And up on stage, you're like, the, the lights have to be too bright. They have their eyes squinted the whole time. And you're like, turn down the lights. This is what's happening? And then you sat down. And if you're a guy, well, especially like me, if you're a guy like me, like I'm, I'm always sitting there going like, oh my gosh, how long is this going to be? 
And uh, he sat down. Sure enough, somebody stood up there and said, hey, this is going to be like the next 55 minutes or so. We need you to fill out or take a minute or two and fill out that card uh, that you got in your way. And you're like, I knew it. It's a cult. Like, they got to fill out a, a card. They need my information. It's all structured and laid out. But you got through that. And then, then the message came. And you like listened to it. And it wasn't bad. You're like, OK, there's some application there. And, you weren't, you weren't like asking me for anything too crazy. You didn't make me feel super uncomfortable. And then you left and you went home and uh, you kind of liked it. Um, it, was, it was all right. And so you decided to take the invitation and, um, you know, we had said, come check us out for a couple of times and you came back again and it was pretty good. It was all right. And slowly you started to find your name on a seat. You came back for the third time, and, and then you, you made the big mistake. For some of you, some of you had done this, and what you did was, for the first time, then you brought your kids to the church. And uh, you, you remember this? You remember the first time you checked them in to dig, and it's like super awesome over there, and you're all excited. You're walking them over to the dig, and some of you are really nervous because you're getting ready to give them away to a stranger. Some of you are not nervous at all. You're like, wow, I heard you have three services. You're done after lunch. We'll be back later. <laughs> We're going to nine. We'll see you at one. <laughs> have fun. And you gave them away. And then, and then this really, the really difficult thing happened was after the service, you went and picked up your kids and you, know, you get this daddy, daddy, or mommy, mommy, like, can we come back to this church? Because they had this really great experience and dig and our family ministries and and you went, oh, there goes my Sunday. I got to learn how to eat brunch. <laughs> so, so maybe that's been your experience. Maybe. You, how about this one? Do you remember this? The, the first time you, um, you invited someone? Some, some of you may have been on an accident, right? Uh, but you invited someone. You, you'd been coming here to church. You've been checking it out. The kids are coming. Things are kind of changing. Everyone's like, man, I don't, what happened to your Sundays? And you're gone for an hour and a half in your Sundays, and now you're into brunch. I don't even get it. And now you're talking about like maybe a day during the week, or taking your kids to a family ministries event, or, or going into a community group. Like, what's happening? And you guys are kind of changing. Your kids are changing. It's kind of cool. And it just kind of comes out like, oh, we've been checking out this church. You know, the one with the sideways cross up there. And through that kind of comes an invitation. And and you're ready. To, you've been asking them, like, hey, come meet me here, and you're going to bring them to church. And, and you remember what that was like, right? The first time you brought somebody to church. I pretty much know every time you bring someone new to church, because you let us know. It's really awesome, because you want it to be the perfect experience, right? To not screw it up. You're, you're usually worried about, like, who's talking, who's singing, like, are the refreshments going to be right or not? Like, is everything going to be perfect? Maybe they put the cross all the way up. We don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. And so they came for the first time, and then they're making their way in, and you're like blocking off, like, those are the touchy people. They don't want to be touched. You're like getting them around people. They come in, you help them find a seat, and they do the service. And and I know this too, because you come up and you like come over and you introduce, uh, you say, hey, Larry, and you're like, I want to introduce you to my friends. This is their first time. And you give me the look, like, right? You know exactly what I'm talking about right now. And what the look is, I gave it back to you, like, okay. The look is, don't screw it up, right? Because we're so worried. Like, we have our friends, we invited them, like, don't screw this up. And so um, they, uh, they go through this. And for the first time in a long time, you, you saw church, your church, where your seat is, uh, through some fresh eyes. It was good. And they went home, and, 
And they, they didn't hate it. They actually kind of liked it. And so then they kind of come back again and check it out. And then you guys are kind of doing it together. And, and some other friends kind of come and check it out. And then next thing you know, maybe you're around here and you're like, hey, I got some questions about my faith or how's this work or how's the church work? And you hear about this next class. And you're like, I'm going to go check that out or a Northgate U class to kind of grow in my faith and understand this a little bit more, how this works. And you go check out one of those and and then some of you make this really brave decision. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to, they keep saying, get in a communion group or get into a small group. And you sign up for one of those. And it was like the scariest thing you did, walking into somebody else's house that you've never met for the first time. But it was awesome because you found your people. And for some of you, you came in here one day and you saw a spa up front. And you're like, okay, that's interesting. And people got into it and they stood there and they told their story and some of you maybe, you know, you had christened as a baby, or maybe you got baptized when you were eight, just with your friends, you didn't know what you were doing, but everyone had kind of their different story about what had led them here into that moment of baptisms, and you sat there, and some of, for some of you said, man, I, I, I think I have a story to tell too, and for some of you, that even meant getting into that spa and standing there and telling your story and professing your faith in front of this community where you had a seat. If that's you, who I'm describing, you're what's considered a regular attendee. You're a regular attender here. You are a part of this church. You have found your name uh, on a seat. You have a place here. You're a part of this faith community. You come and, and you're in. You're part of it. You love this place. And you are a regular attender. And that's who I want to talk to today. That's who I want to have a conversation with today. Some of you, it was really easy to get there. Some of you, like, were all about church. You came here because you knew you were getting into, and you were all about it. You're like, yeah, this is awesome. You came in Bible-toting, Scripture-quoting. Like, I'm a hardcore. I'm the one who's like, you know you can talk during the service. You're the one who's going to, mm-hmm, like, during when the preacher's talking, all the new Christians are like, what's up with all the cow noises that are going on right here? I don't understand what's happening. You, you know it. You know the, the bands, the Chris Tomlin stuff. Like You are all the way in, and you are a regular attender. So who I'm talking to today, so we're talking about being a church, is the regular attender. And it's because there is a lot of people in this community, in this county, that don't know, just like you once upon a time, didn't know that their name is on a seat in this building. And they're coming. There's a couple things we know. We don't know who. We know that. We don't know who they are. I don't know who they are. I don't know who their kids are. I don't know who their friends are. I don't know who their spouse is or their boyfriends or their relationships. But we do know this. We know when they're coming. We know when hundreds of people are going to come to this faith community, to your church, for the first time, and it's going to happen in just a couple weeks. We know historically that every year in November, hundreds of new people come and check out this faith community looking for their name on a seat and wondering, does this place have a name on a seat for me? And it does. And, and it's our job because we want to to help them out, to help them find their name on the seat. And here's like one of the coolest parts about this is, did you know right now, like maybe even in this very moment, there is a husband 
right now praying that his wife next weekend would be open to coming and checking out church. Uh, and that the time change doesn't throw things off. That she doesn't go, oh, it's time change. The kids are crazy. I don't want to go check out the church. She's praying already right now. There's, there is a wife out there right now praying that there would be men that would come around her husband and influence him in his sphere and, and, and breathe into him and that he would accept an open invitation to come be at this community to find this chair here. She's praying right now that her husband would find these men. There's parents that are praying that their, that their middle schooler would just go check out youth group. Just go check it out. Like to the point of bribing. Like, hey, 10 bucks? <laughs> we just check it out? Like, no, seriously, an iPhone 6 is too much. Just go check it out. The, the crazy cool part is that literally right now, many of you may not know this, but there are literally children elementary school age through students, through high schoolers, that literally right now are praying that their parents would come to church with them or bring them to church. It's happening just like that. And we have an opportunity and need to be ready for that to help them find their seat, their chair. And so we've been walking through this book in the New Testament, Ephesians, where Paul's talking about how, we, how do we be the church? And specifically today, he's talking about we need to be serving together, what that looks like, and what our piece is in this puzzle. And so if um, you're new with us, you're going to get to hear about like what, where we're headed and what we're supposed to be doing. If you're a regular attender, I'm specifically talking to you because you've walked there, you've found your name, you've found your kids' names, you've found your friends' names on these chairs, and we need to figure out what your part is. And so we're going to talk about how we can be serving. And so I'm going to read to you um, from Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read through you 1 through 12. This is from the Amplified Version just because I like the way it reads better this week, honestly. So it's only in the app or up on the screen. And so it starts like this in verse uh, 1 of chapter 4 through this letter that is really continuous, but we've broken it down in chapters and verses. And it starts with, So I, the prisoner for the Lord, this is Paul speaking, who's writing this, and how he's talking to us right now is he's talking to us as regular attenders, as people who are a part of the church, not as people who don't know about the church or aren't in the church yet, but us who are here in this building today. So I, Paul, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you who live a life worthy of calling which you have been called, that is, to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. A life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. See? He's saying, hey, us. Remember that whole thing that we're a part of? We're like a regular tender. We have our name on a seat. We're in this community. So then he says, with all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control with patience, Bearing with one another in unselfish love, we should make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace, each individual working together to make the whole successful. There is one body of believers and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. 
In verse 7, he continues and says, Yet grace, God's undeserved favor, was given to each one of us, not indiscriminately, but in different ways in proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and abundant gift. Therefore, it says, and this comes from Psalm 68, When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he bestowed gifts on men. Then verses 9 through 11, Paul kind of goes on a little ADD tangent, and he's super interested in this ascended thing. He's like, whoa, the expression ascended, what does that mean? Except that he descended, and you can read that. Verse 11, he picks up, and his gifts, this is Jesus' gifts to the church, were varied, and he himself appointed some as apostles, uh, which are special messengers and representatives, some as prophets who speak a new message from God to the people, some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation, and some as pastors and teachers to shepherd and guide and instruct. And he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for works of service to build up the body of Christ, the church. So that's how we're the church. Think of Paul in this moment like a football coach. Whether you've ever had a football coach or not, most of us can imagine what a football coach is like. And most of the time, football coaches are more of motivators and encouragers than teachers. It's just kind of how it is. They're, they're the, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. They only tell you how to do it once. <laughs> but you can do it, you'll do it. And so in this moment, think of him like he's given us, the team, this pep talk. You know, when I had a coach... Growing up, that's what he did. He's like, oh, we're going to get him. And you all get all pumped. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get him. And they're like, oh, and you're going to go throw that. And you're like, you're going to throw that so good. And you're going to tackle him. Oh, you're going to rip his head off. And they're like, Larry, you're going to do this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to eat him up. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, those were the parts you played. You were this team, right? And he's saying, hey, us regular attendants, us people who have found our seat, we're in this team because of grace. We're on this team. And so the first feeling I have for you is we are one in Christ, he's saying, but we are uniquely different. He's saying, hey, we're all one together. We're on the same team, but we all have different things that we do well and that we don't do well, and we have specialties, and you're made this way, and you have gifts here, and you get to do that. So we're all uniquely different. Let's celebrate that. And then he goes on to say, but grace not only gives us a new family, this team to be on, because of God's grace, but it gives us responsibilities in it. You've been a part of a family. I'm sure in your family, you have responsibilities. Even if you live by yourself, you have responsibilities. In my family, maybe you grew up and it was called chores, right? And you got an allowance for it, maybe. Uh, in my family, uh, I have four kids. We call them acts of service, right? <laughs> Make them feel really good about what they're doing. And we have specific acts of service that they have to do. It's not for money. It's because you're in the family and there's responsibility that you need to have. So uh, my oldest, her acts of service is unloading the dishwasher every day. We gave her, we equipped her to do it. We gave her a little stool so she can climb up to the top and put stuff away. She can do that each day. And she understands that that's an act of service and she is therefore serving the rest of the family. That's her responsibility um, is part of being uh, in the family. So we can say, thanks, Maddie. We get to eat off of and cook with clean dishes because you have served us. You're doing an act of service. We have clean dishes in which to eat 
and to cook with. My uh, um, uh, wife, one of her acts of service in the family is she does the laundry. And the kids know that that's her act of service to them. It's not just something she does because she's mom, but that's a responsibility she has in the family. And so the kids know, thank you, mom, for doing my laundry and serving me so I don't stink at school. Because if you didn't do it, I wouldn't have clean clothes. Thank you for serving me. And I get to wear clothes today. My son, his act of service is that one of his acts of service is feeding the dogs, right? So he knows that uh, he's serving the dog because if you didn't feed the dog, the dog's not going to eat. And then nobody's happy because you got a whiny dog. But he's serving the dog that way. And then the dog serves him and gives him additional acts of service in the backyard. And uh, so I kind of put it together and I was like, hey, you can just do that one too. And <laughs> This is where I learned not everyone has giftedness. They're all uniquely different, and they need to, not everyone's good at different acts of service. And I got him all ready one day to go in the backyard and do an act of service. And I like wrapped his hands up in bags so we wouldn't get dirty. And he went out there, and I went around the corner next day, and like the bags were off. And he was like banging stuff together and like, throwing it around. I was like, Holt, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't tell mom. <laughs> and then I was like, just finish. We'll wash your hands later. <laughs> but he doesn't do that anymore. Because it's just not his, it's not his area, right? He's not good at that act of service. So he's not created for that good act of service. So dad gets to do that one now. But we all have responsibilities, right? We're a part of a family because of grace. You have your name on a seat, and we all have responsibilities, and uh, we need to serve in that way. This is something we say a lot, or I hear said a lot, but I think most of us don't understand it. Um, But a lot of times we talk about going to church, right? Hey, we're going to go to church. Let's go to church. And what I want us to clearly understand today is you don't go to this church. You are this church. And that's a really big deal for us to understand. You don't come and you just sit where your name's at. You are this church. See, church is made up of people, not just structure or an organization. It's not just a place. It's us, and we all have pieces in there that's not filling. For little people, you can draw a stick man or something fun right there, a whole bunch of them. This isn't just a place we want you to come to where you find your seat. You have a season of that, but it's to be a part of it and to be the church, acting out and serving in our responsibilities. So I want to give... um, I want to give us all a couple practical ways that we can do that. We like practical things we can do, application on how we, okay, so we're supposed to be the church. Paul's like a rah-wah. He's talking to just us who, you know, right now who get it. We're on the team. We have a place to go. And because of, of grace, we're in this family and we're unique and we have different areas of giftedness and we're the church. So how do we be the church and be serving? So here's a couple specific ways, three ways that I'd like to give to you that you can do a few practical things you can do. And the first one is this. The first one is commit to a plan to financially support the church. For some of you, that's one of your first times. This is like your cliche. Oh, gosh, I knew it. We came to church and talking about money. We talk about money uh, quite a bit around here because Jesus talks about it the most. Out of anything, if you read the Bible, Jesus talks about it the most. And it's a value around here because it's how we do what we do. It's generosity. And for most of us, money is the big deal. 
And specifically, we talk about right now committing to a plan to financially support the church is because us, as regular attendees, to help people have a seat with their name on it, that's an important part to the puzzle. So for just for you to understand, we have right around 15 to 1,600 people who are a regular attender of Northgate. Now, the nationwide average for a regular attender is 1.8 times a month. So that's what breaks down on kind of our weekly attendance, somewhere around like the 900 number uh, when things are floating good. Because those are the people who come here and say, hey, I'm a regular attender, I have a seat at this place, and you come here. Now, out of that group of people who come here, um, 28% of those people have a plan that they've committed to financially support the church. 28%. Now, the reason that we get to do the dollar club and give thousands of dollars away in the holiday season through gifts and through food, and even when we did our single moms outreach last year, um, isn't because uh, we just all like have tons of money. It's because 28% of the people have a plan to continue to help support uh, this community, this faith community, so the ministry continues to be done. Now, I want to say this. I believe there's many more of us, like I said, regular attenders, and we're not committing to support the church financially because we're greedy. I really believe it's because for most of us, we don't have a plan. Like, we just haven't planned it out. Let me give you an example. Many of you um, plan, and you, like, work out at a gym, right? And you give a lot of time to it. You have days of the week that you go. You have a bill that you play. You're part of like a community there that you work out with. Uh, And that's a plan in your life that you've made for. You've set that aside. The same thing here when ministry is being done and when we're a part of this group, we have to plan that out. I am a part of that 28%. Don't want to make you feel bad if you're not. It's just what it is. I like being a part of that. But it's because I've made a plan. And because we know people plan things out and they like structure, we've done things here to make it super simple for people. We put boxes in the back of the room. So when you come here and you're asking like, hey, why aren't you passing a a basket? Because we know most of the time you're going to freak out because you're going to see $5 and a gum wrapper in there and you'll be like, how does this place survive? All they talk about is dollars and magic happens. (laughs) Um, Because we know most of you give online. So we have giving through the app. It saves your information in the app now. It saves your bank account stuff because many of you guys have a plan. That's how you do your stuff. You plan it out and you give. And a lot of people do that. So we make it easy through that. We make it easy to do these different moments. We, we pause and we say, hey, this is a planned moment that we can be a part of. So for some of us, can we imagine, can you imagine the seats that we have available and the seats that we're building to be available with someone's name on it to be a part of this community? If just more of us planned that out, so that's the, the first way, uh, practical way, that we can be serving in the church. The second one is to recognize the three knots. So if you're like me, I've been like this. In moments, I want perfection when I'm inviting someone um, to church. So like I meet someone and I'm like, yeah, I want to invite them to church, but I'm, I do what you probably do. I start thinking, well, are we in the middle of a series? Who's speaking? Who's singing? What's going on here? Is it raining that weekend? Is it, you look for basically like the perfect, like we said, don't want to screw it up, the perfect Sunday for them to come. Or like, what's going on in their life? Like, oh, we need to pick something that like will just speak to them, right? That's how I've been a lot. So I want to get rid of that. 
So how we can be serving other people is to get rid of that whole idea like we've got to make sure it's perfect. We've got to know who's speaking or singing or the weather or what's going on around here. And so I want to give you three things that will automatically give you a trigger statement. And as the three knots, the first knot is if they say they're not in church, if they say things aren't going or not going well, or they're not prepared for. So the first one is they're not in church. If you, you've had lots of conversations and people just said, oh yeah, I'm not in church. Or oh yeah, I don't do that. Or oh yeah, maybe pray for me at your church. I don't go to church. Immediately your response should be, really? Well, you should come to my church this Sunday. As soon as you hear that, not in this space. Really? Well, you should come to my church this Sunday. The second knot is not going well. You've had tons of conversations. or You've had this in your own life. Man, things are just not going well. This person's sick. Or this season, this is going on. Or things aren't going well with my kid. Or things aren't going well with work. Or things aren't going well here. Your response, I don't care if you hear him in Starbucks telling the barista, like, oh, yeah, things just aren't going well. Dink, dink, dink. Really? Well, you should come to my church this Sunday. Don't even wait for the perfect opportunity. That is the opportunity. The third knot is not prepared for. When you hear people saying, like, I wasn't prepared for that. We just weren't prepared for this. Or this, this just happened to us. It just kind of slapped us up. We just, this new change just happened in our life. We just weren't prepared for it. Really? Well, you should come to my church this Sunday. All right, now we're going to try that together. <laughs> All right. I'm not prepared. Okay, good. Really? Well, you should come to my church this Sunday. That's easy. Write it down. You don't have to think about it. Someone's talking, you're like, I think that was one of the nuts. No, no. Yeah, yeah, okay. Really? Well, you should come to my church this Sunday. It's that easy. So that's the way you can serve and be the church. That's being serving because let's be honest. It's not like you're not doing anything for yourself. You're, not trying, to, you're trying to help someone find their seat, and you know that if you found your seat, you are served and being in a greater community, right? So serve people by inviting them and allowing them to participate and be a part of this community. And the last one is number three. It's sign up now to serve. Sign up now to serve. So we have between 900 and 1,000 adults and youth that regularly attend on a monthly basis this church. So students, that's what I'm talking about, because students serve, and then adults. So our adult attendance between 900 and 1,000 people who regularly attend. This month, and we haven't grown from it for a while, 34% of that group of people are serving in the church. 34% are engaged in some sort of active servant in this church. So my ask is, let's get on the team. Let some of us provide what maybe someone didn't provide for you when you first came. And where I'm specifically going to ask you to serve, and this is going to get, I'm, just, I'm going to try not to manipulate you, but it's just coming, <laughs> is if I was to sit there and have a conversation with you, and I went up to you and I said, hey, will you give me 30 minutes? Or Pastor Ken, or one of the staffs came up to you and said, hey, will you just meet with me for 30 minutes? Most of you would be like, yeah, I'll give you 30 minutes. Like, I'll hang out with you for 30 minutes. And then if I wanted to make it extra easy, and I said, you know what, I'm going to make it super easy on you. Can I, will you just hang out with me for 30 minutes on a Sunday, and I'll even let you do it during the service. You don't even have to go to the service. And then, plus, I'll throw on you can miss two Sundays the rest of the year. <laughs> I'm super generous. <laughs> Most of you would be like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you 30 minutes. What's up? 
It's this. I want you guys to take out your connection card, and I want you to mark an area that you would be interested in serving and allow us 30 minutes to go through an orientation in our family ministries or somewhere else in the church to talk to you about getting plugged in, to be serving, to not be a part of the 66% that's just coming to church, but being a part of the church and serving in that area. We need people desperately to love on and invest into our family ministry areas. That is one of the biggest, most important parts of our church, hands down. And I'll always beat that drum. But we need people too. This winter when it starts to rain, hopefully it rains a lot. God, it's going to (laughs) rain. We need people too that are going to help stand out there in the rain when it's gross and help people find parking so they can come find their seat and they can have an experience that's loving and welcoming. We need people who are going to be greeting, people who love to serve coffee because they know what a free cup of coffee does for them. There's all kinds of places for you to serve. And literally right now, not even kidding, I'm asking you, would you just give us 30 minutes and then maybe a year after that? But give us 30 minutes. Mark down something in there that you'd be interested in. This week, let us follow up with you on the card and just sit down and have a 30-minute conversation with you about serving. Because that's that's what he's calling us to do. I'm talking to the regular attenders. I'm talking to those of you who already know where your name is on the seat. And I want to end with this, and this is a quote to consider. The Christian is the only adult mammal that expects others to feed it. The Christian is the only adult mammal that expects others to feed it. It's a quote to consider. For some of us, it's very true. For many of us, it's not. I don't want that to be the truth in there. We are the church. Let's be the church, friends, and let's be serving. Would you bow your heads? So I'm not going to have like a respond moment like where we normally do where you would uh, raise your hands because you're saying, hey, I'm going to raise my hand because I'm going to fill out the connection card and I'm really going to think about filling out the connection card. I pretty much told you already to fill out the connection card. (laughs) So I'm moving past that. But what I don't want to move past is that God works in in really awesome ways. There are so many times that uh, Ken or myself or someone else has stood up here and given a message and someone's come up and was like, oh my gosh, this just really resonated with me. And I've been like, I've never preached about that in my entire life. And it's because God does this cool thing between what happens up here through his word in the Bible and what happens in your heart and your spirit. And for some of you today in your heart and your spirit, you may, you may have found a seat here and you've been checking out, or maybe you might be here for one of the first times and you don't have a seat. And so maybe today God's just kind of speaking to you and saying, hey, I'm ready for you to be in the family. I want to give you that grace that I talk about in my word. I want to be responsible for you and my kingdom and and your eternity. So maybe you, many of you or some of you or one of you have never accepted that gift, maybe because it's just that simple and it's that difficult. God, that doesn't make sense. That sounds so easy. It just sounds too good to be true. But friends, it's the God that we love. It's the God that we serve. That is God. And that's what makes him that way.
So I want to invite you, if you're here today, and maybe you've never accepted that free gift into the family because of grace and received the fruit of the Spirit because of the joy, peace, love, kindness. If you want to receive that today, would you raise your hand? I want to see you. Look at me. Acknowledge me. I want to pray for you. I want to celebrate with you. I want to pray over you. If that's you today, this afternoon. So God, we thank you. May we just continue to be the church. May we celebrate that, God, you love us way too much. (laughs) And just allow us the opportunity to love on others. Be prepared for others as, God, I I, I know that hundreds of us are going to sign up to serve and participate. As we really prepare, maybe literally for thousands of people to come and try to find a seat. God, would you use us in powerful and mighty ways. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.